The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. Visit americantrucks.com for your chance to win $17,760 in upgrades for your truck. Welcome to the Weekly Driver Podcast, episode number 26. My name is James Rea. I'm the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com and an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My co-host, Bruce Aldrich, is on assignment this week. Our guest for this episode is Chris Wood. I met Chris Wood via an email he forwarded to me several months ago, and we subsequently met at a coffee shop down in the Bay Area to talk about buying an SUV. Chris had an idea in mind to buy an SUV that had three rows of seating, uh, non-leather seats, enough space for his family and grandchildren, enough towing capacity to tow his boat from the Bay Area to Lake Tahoe, and enough space to carry his 50-pound dog. Chris had a lot of difficulty finding an SUV that fit all of his needs. He searched for about six months, and he purchased a 2018 Volkswagen Atlas. The new uh, SUV from Volkswagen has received rave reviews. In our podcast this week, is a conversation with Chris about how he came to purchase the VW Atlas and how many other SUVs he looked at and some of the frustrations he has with the SUV industry. Welcome to our program, Chris. It's nice to meet with you in person after exchanging a few emails. I I loved your premise of, you know, you have $50,000 to spend on an SUV and you want everything you want and you couldn't find it. Yeah. could you take me through the, maybe the cars that you looked at and, and, and repeat to me exactly what you wanted and how long you looked for? So I guess that's yeah. three questions in a okay. Yeah. Uh, I probably looked for six months. Six months, okay. I tend to be pretty analytical yeah. guy. And uh, and anytime I buy something, I, uh, you know, the wife and I bought an RV a couple years ago. Did you? Okay. So we looked for a year for that. And, and we thought about it and really studied and analyzed how we're going to use it, what do our friends have, get advice from friends, yes. and figure out what fits our needs Yes. so that we can keep it for a long time. It's yes. so expensive to turn a vehicle yes. of any kind Yes. Yes. that we just try not to do that. So, and also being analytical, uh, you know, figured out my needs. A big one is towing because we have a, a Mastercraft ski boat. Okay. And uh, so it weighs about 3,500 pounds on a trailer. Yeah. And then you load it up with gear, so it's easily 4,000. So put a base level of 5,000 pounds towing. Yes. So that was very important, and that eliminated a lot right away. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly with things like the Ford Explorer, you need a weight distribution here. Oh, to 5,000 yes. pounds. So now you have all this extra hardware to hook up. Yes. And so that almost eliminated that vehicle, but it's still so attractive. And since I had one, I had a, uh, an attraction yes. to that vehicle. Um, but then also for 2018, I noticed they charge you $600 for white paint. 
and I just had an aversion to it. Now it's a beautiful paint because it's yeah. pearlescent yeah. and all that. Sure. But they eliminated the basic white and only went with. The, I had no idea. Yeah. You look at it. So during that six months, I, I looked at a lot of. I tried to find a used one. Yes. To obviously save money. And there are so few trailer hitches that are factory built or factory ordered yes. on any of the used vehicles. It's incredible. I see. A long, a long time ago, it was fairly easy to find them because either they were standard or, or people did buy them. But very few of the used vehicles have trailer hitches anymore. Gotcha. Because you. I really want it from the factory because then it has oftentimes a larger radiator, the transmission cooler, maybe a different fan, yes. maybe a different alternator, okay. whatever the manufacturer decides is necessary, but at least it will have it and so it will do a good job yes. of towing the boat to Tahoe, which I do once, twice a year. Okay, fantastic. So, so that was a big one. That's a big one, absolutely. Yeah. And so... Um, We've got four grandkids, so the, the the third row seating that's now offered in yes. a little bit larger vehicles is attractive. Yes. So we thought that was almost a must-have, so we could haul them as they get larger and want to go camping and boating with us, which they're doing now. But of course, yes. their parents always go with us uh -huh. right now. And so, so that would be seating then for seven. seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had to do that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it's it's one of the things. Uh, well, we'll get to it in a minute when I when I give you my list of sure. pros and cons that I found yes. on the Atlas. Um, so that kind of seating, we have a, a 50 pound dog, and so pretty seating for eight. Crate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's a nice Aussie, and yeah, yeah. and having a dog crate. When you get a 50 pound dog, the dog crate is about as wide as this table. Yes. And about this long. Mm -hmm. So that's fairly good size. When you it put is. that in the back and then pack your gear in there to go to Tahoe. Um, takes up a lot of space. You got a lot going on there. Yeah. yeah. So the size for that and anchors to tie it down. Yes. Most of them have that. Uh, so that was a requirement. And it eliminated some of those that were on the smaller side. Of the, uh, uh, so that was like a Kia Sorento wouldn't wouldn't cut it or. A... Yeah, and you know what? Frankly, I didn't. I didn't look at that. I didn't look. Okay. I, but I have an aversion to Kias and Hyundai's. Oh, you do. And it's just a prejudice. I'll admit it. Yeah. Uh, I just. I just limited my search to basically, I think, uh, the Durango. Yeah. It'd be in that email I sent you. Yeah. The, the Ford Explorer, the Toyota, the Honda. Okay. Those, we looked at those. Gotcha. And we that also narrows it down quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. And, and that's why I asked you for your advice yeah, yeah, on what yeah, else yeah. I, I should be looking at. Right. Um, I didn't have any friends that had a Kia or a Honda, so I didn't know much about them. Right. And I, I really thought I could find what I needed in the others. Yes. And uh, one of the things that was very frustrating is the very light interior that many of the manufacturers are going to. On the Explorer, it's either, they don't call it white, but it's uh, off-white. They never call it just white. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some, a fancy <laughs> white name. Yeah. Um, or black. Yeah. And I didn't really want black. So both sides of, uh, terrible. Yeah. 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 I mean, what's wrong with a tan or a gray? Yes, yes. I don't know. The same thing is, I really wanted an upscale cloth interior. And maybe I'm the only guy on the planet that likes cloth. No, you're not. But, but, but I, I, know, I know your point, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I would have paid leather price 
for an upscale cloth interior. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Because it's, it, you know, it's comfortable. Yeah. The 19-year-old the cloth interior in my Explorer was in great shape the day I sold it. That's quite a testimony. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can't find five-year-old leather that looks good, in my opinion. No, and, and also, uh, uh, not at the, not the um, experience you have, but uh, particularly in this area, people, uh, it's a nice area, so uh, people are buying SUVs to take kids to soccer practice in yeah. the leather tears and cuts and stains. Uh -huh. and, I'm with you. The, a good high cloth it makes sense. Yeah, and even if it costs the same, right? Uh, I don't. I, I really don't know why manufacturers don't offer it. Uh, it seems odd. But you're you're a, pr a practical guy. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. and, and I I, I kind of know I'm a point off the curve too. Yes. And we've been sold leather as being the best. The industry, I think, has yes, sold yes, to yes. us. So their marketing campaigns give us that perception. So if you bought something for 60 grand and had cloth they would probably be viewed as oh yeah your neighbors would look, look down at you maybe yeah, <laughs> right. the other thing as another diversion is that i think i've heard a few times people who are um, have particular concerns about uh, using leather you know animals okay. and so the people yeah. who Maybe they get a Land Rover or something, yeah. and they, they, they would never offer it, but they say, I'm not going to get it because I, I have concerns about where the leather's going. So there are some yeah. people who are in that area sure. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's probably growing these days. Yes. And the millennials yes. may have more of that kind of feeling too, I, yeah, so absolutely. maybe it'll come about. Um, so I, I didn't like some of the interior offerings from some of the manufacturers. I really thought, originally Highlander was tops on my list, but my wife actually hated the interior of the new Highlanders. Oh, she okay. thought it was cheap looking. Uh -huh. The console was very hard. It was a plastic yes. without much padding. It was difficult to open with the latch that they had. Yes. And she dismissed that car based on the interior and the layout of it and the cheapness of it. A little bit personal here, but um, my wife is five foot four and about 120 pounds, let's say. And so sometimes I'll get a car, and she says, "James, I can't see out the rear window on my feet." So is, yeah. is, if, you, if you mind, is, is was your your wife's um, figure uh, involved in, in how it was uncomfortable for her at any level, or just just the way that she thought it was cheap? Just the way she thought it was cheap. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Now, height-wise, the. Uh, the Atlas, as I recall from the specs, it's about 10 inches off the ground. Yes. And I ended up buying the sideboards and well, installing them myself because of the height. It's yes. more comfortable to have that intermediary step to get in. You bet. And the seats are so rigid, they're very comfortable because they have a bolster on the side that goes up significantly. Okay. It's probably two and a half inches tall. And the way I am, if I just try and sit in on it, I sit right on that bolster getting in. <laughs> yeah. And it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Plus, I didn't want to crush that thing no. every time I got in and out of the vehicle. Right. So that, that little sidestep to get in Good makes thing. it significantly nicer Yes. for entry and exit. And I think in your right up on the Lexus, you said it was tall, yes. but the handles allowed you to and, get yes. in. Had, I guess they call them grab handles. There's, maybe there's a more scientific term, but I, I, saw, I yeah. call them grab handles. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you so, need that on the taller vehicle. But anyway, so we just we, we um, she dismissed the Highlander because of that, and then the Honda Pilot was was in the running. Yes, and it looked good. 
but um, they, the reviews that I read on it from, from Edmonds and, and other writers really dismissed the 9-speed transmission that it has oh. as being um, unsuitable, really, for that vehicle, particularly if you're towing. It tends to hunt for gears. Oh, yes. The, the nine speeds, I think, are all, may, may, perhaps too many. And it's geared for maximum fuel economy. Yes. And so, um, you know, you, you put it under a little bit of a load and it wouldn't downshift. And then it waited too long and then it downshift twice. Yes, I think I would think particularly if you're going to the elevations like yeah. Lake Tahoe area. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, why they wouldn't put a, a tow switch on it that would change the settings? Yes, seems to me it would be an easy software fix mm -hmm. for that kind of a situation. But they don't have it, and so we eliminated that vehicle because of that. Yes, and that was the only option in the higher trim models. I didn't mind paying a little bit more because they have a six-speed in the lower models, yes. but nine-speed is the only offering in the higher models. Sometimes you wonder what their thought process is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess for the majority of the market, that's probably a family that doesn't want a minivan and doing just road traffic. Yes. The mileage would be important, that extra one or two miles a gallon you might get out of it. Yeah. And and it might drive sensibly with mom driving kids to soccer most of the time. Yes. And that just wasn't me as a buyer. No. I hope you're not driving kids. Grandkids no. <laughs> <Thank laughs> soon. Yeah. But so so that's why I went through that process and basically eliminated all those vehicles and was yes. frustrated that my 19-year-old Explorer was the best car I could I couldn't even buy one. Gosh. And then I happened to see the Atlas on TV. Yeah. And I thought, well, I hadn't even considered Volkswagen. Didn't right. know they made a vehicle in that that larger class. I, I didn't either until the Atlas as well. So okay. Okay. yeah. And uh, you know, 18 is the first year for it. So we went and looked at it and had to go to three different dealers to see different models because no one had a very good selection. Yes. And then uh, found a dealer in Walnut Creek that had, uh, I was gonna buy, I guess, one step down from the top trim. Okay. Uh, it was interesting because it had a leatherette offering. It had cloth at the bottom, leatherette in the middle line, and yes. leather on the top. And the leatherette offering looked okay. It wasn't great. Yes. But I actually thought it would probably last longer than leather. I think you're right. And so I was comfortable buying that. Yes. But theirs also was light color or black, which was frustrating. <laughs> Man, yeah. So I, I just love the premise. You, you know, you, I know I'm repeating it, but you could not find exactly what you wanted, and, and, and you had fifty thousand dollars to spend. I mean, it, it seems like it. Yeah, it a reasonable able, amount of money. I wasn't yeah. trying to get it for twenty-five. No, no, that's exactly the point. You weren't going on the cheap, and and, you, and that's a substantial amount. I mean, that I think it even falls into. I'm assuming it falls into the luxury category because it used to be luxury. I mean, you're, well, I'm 62. I don't. You're 63. 63. Okay. Yeah. So when we were younger, the entry level point for a luxury car, if I remember, used to be 30. Then it was 40, and now maybe the entry level for a luxury, if there is such a thing, is probably 50. Okay. So you're buying a luxury car, yeah. and you can't get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to go to something like the Lexus. Yeah. Um, I'm on the money. I just have an inversion. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. I, I didn't want to spend it. Uh, number two is most of them have V8s. Yes. Like that does in a. In a you know, when I again, when I analyze how we drive it, yes, it's probably 
75% around town driving yes. to San Jose, visit mom and dad, yes. to come go to doctor's visits in Walnut Creek, yes. and that kind of, uh, you know, 20, 25 mile, or 5 to 25 mile range. Yes. Um, Which is, I guess is pretty common these probably days. Probably pretty common. Yeah. And then maybe um, 10 or 15 percent for longer trips. I've got a, uh, a kid and two uh, uh, grandkids in Sacramento. So we go visit oh, them. where I live. Yeah. Once yeah. a month. Yeah. They're in Rockland. So that's a two-hour drive. And... Uh, So we do that, and then towing the boat. Yeah. Probably only five percent. You know, tow yes. once or twice, camping up in the Sierras, uh, once or twice a year, going water skiing at the Delta. Yes. During the summer, I go every other week oh, water yeah. skiing, either with my Great. boat or a friend's boat that's there. Fantastic. So, just and, and that's not too long of a trip, but it's you know going over the grade, and so a little bit of towing. Yes. So when I analyzed my drive, it was kind of in those kind of different buckets. I didn't want a V8 that would be great as a towing machine, but yet then for 90% of my driving, yeah. be spending a lot of, a lot of for money for fuel and maintenance and all. Did you have any concerns? I know it's not a diesel, but did you have any concerns for because of Volkswagen in general terms? Like people now said, I, I mean, I love Volkswagen. I love them on all different levels. But there are some people who say, I don't care if it's diesel or gas. I'm not buying a VW when they lie, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Did you have any of those concerns? Um, I was glad that Volkswagen got hit pretty hard with yes. the diesel scandal. Yes. I was very happy about that. Yes. Uh, because companies can't be doing that kind of stuff. No. Um, it didn't. It didn't take my opinion of them forever. Um, in in part of my career, I worked with companies in Germany. Went to Germany several times. Yes. Did business and got to know Germans. Yes. Fairly well, and I have a lot of respect for them. I think their engineering, their business sense, yes. their, hu their, their human sense. You know, part of the business culture in Germany is to get to know you as a person. Absolutely. Before business. Yes. And I really like that. And I, and I like everyone I got to know. Yes. And, and I kind of extrapolated that into the as part of the German culture. Yes. Fantastic. And, yeah. And you know, when you look at Volkswagen, I believe is the largest automobile company in the world. And the other brands they own, Porsche, Bentley, yeah. Lamborghini. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bentley, my heart skips oh, a beat. Yes, yeah. mine also. Yeah. You know, you, you have to respect uh, their engineering because they're German. And, and the fact that they have all those brands, that, that they do really know what they're doing. Yes. And so they had a group of people that did some very bad things with regards to the software on the diesel. Yes. And, but I think that's a, a real one-off. Yes. And I so, remember the first offer was five, they were going to give everybody $500. Remember that insult oh, early in the game? Yeah. We're going to give you 500 People said, are you kidding me? <laughs> My car's a wreck. Yeah. You can't give me 500 bucks. Yeah. But I love your points. I yeah. love your points. Now, I've never owned a Volkswagen, so it was, a, it was a step for me to buy one. Yes. I, um, I know several people that have owned them, and everyone loves them. Yes. Everyone has loved their Volkswagen. I love them, yeah. I, I, the other thing I do when I go to buy something, anything, an RV, uh, or whatever, I go and I look at the forums, and I might even join one or two yes. online. So I joined the VW forum. Okay, great. And looked at the atlas and, and read about it and saw what people were talking about it, positively and negatively. 
and um, and so it gave me a good idea that it was a good car. Then I also looked at the um, call it your signature or the information that you put in on on your profile. That's what it is. Your profile. Yes. In most of those profiles, the people had multiple Volkswagens. On, the, on, the, on their forum signatures. On the forum. Gotcha. So it'd be, you know, uh, Fred B., and he lives in, um, you know, Ohio. Yes. And he's had a Passat and two Golfs and a Tiguan, and now he's bought an Atlas. So there's a lot of history in there. A lot of history. Yeah, and good. so that good. tells me something about their respect and admiration of the brand, that right. they've had three or four of them. And so I, I, I trust that kind of repetitive buyer. Repetitive buyer, that sounds great. So you have, you have some good terms that haven't really, I haven't thought about before. Okay. Repetitive buyer, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I just yeah. never heard it. I've heard people say, I've always bought a Ford, I'm always going to buy a Ford. Yeah. So I get I get that, but that repetitive buyer is, is a very good thing. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it gives me more confidence in a brand that I'm unfamiliar with. Yes. When I see quite a few other people doing that. Yes. And then the involvement on the forum, you know, granted there are always negatives and nothing is perfect, and I realize that. Sure. So I tend to read things. It's like when I go to Amazon to buy something, um, and, and there, are, there are positive reviews and negative reviews. So I see how much the negative reviews might affect me and my needs. Yes. And how indicative they are, I think, of the overall quality or... Uh, price of the product. Yes. And just take that into account as a balanced decision. I think the same way that I, I, since I travel a fair amount, maybe you did as well, obviously to Germany, but there's a, a website called booking.com for, okay. you know, for hotels. And sometimes I'm, I'm on my own dime, so yeah, and I'm just yeah. going to sleep, so yeah. a clean, inexpensive place is fine. Sometimes getaway weekend or you just feel like you're going to go a little bit more upscale. But booking.com is you can only provide a review if you've stayed in the place. You can't go on. Uh, Yelp isn't bad, but you can you can fake Yelp. Yeah. And or you can I can have something against Chris Wood and he owns a restaurant. I'm going to go after him. Exactly. In booking, you can't really do that because you can't provide a review unless you uh -huh. stayed there. Yeah. So I, I like what you're saying about you know maybe, maybe there's 300 reviews of you know, a two star place, but it says clean, simple. A good place to stay for a night. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. So if someone had a problem with their check-in. Yeah. It's kind of a one-off and probably yeah. won't affect you. Yeah. Or they were they went in, in a bad mood and they got there yeah. late and the guy was sleeping or you know whatever. So you don't really. But but I, I like that that you the forums is a good a good way to see all that. Yeah. yeah. It was really helpful when I bought uh, the RV. Yes. To see different models and what people liked about them and what was too long and what was too small and. What kind of RV do you have, by the way? Uh, Jayco. Jayco, yes. The 31 foot Class C. So that's the, the model. I, does, class A looks like a bus yes. that you drive. Yes. The Class C looks like a big pickup with the overhead yes. sleeping area. It's great for grandkids. Sure. They love it up there in the Ford area. Um, my very close friend. Um, at, 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 at 50 years old, he had run into a little bit of a financial issue. He had gotten married, and there were some extenuating circumstances. But he was a, a journalist. But he he bought his first RV, and he really got into it. And um, he decided to have an RV site. It's called RVTravel.com. RV Travel. He's done so well with that, and he's he's now become 
his claim to RVs is that the industry is so um, small, small club, but you know, it's an old boys club. It's very consolidated. And so he says that the people are afraid. They don't really have a consumer reports, if you will, okay. in his opinion, for, for RVs. Right. So he said he said a lot of stores people buy lemons. Yeah. There's not much they can do. Yeah. So he's almost become an advocate for um, consumer knowledge. Okay. So if you ever, I mean, RV travel right. is, a, is a really good site, and he's done quite well with affiliate, you know, uh, Amazon programs and, and RV clubs and yeah. books, and so he has a, a good business sense. He's a good journalist, he's a good marketer, a good business guy, so yeah. he's kind of become an expert in the in the RV business. So he's, he won't sell you anything, he's not going to come on and give you a bunch of crap, but um, it's rvtravel.com. It's just a side issue, okay. a side... Uh, yeah, I'll check that his out. first name is Chuck, and we've been friends for 30 years. He lives in uh, Edmonds, Washington. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, so, anyway, those are, those yeah. are very handy, the forms. Yes. And after we... After you suggested we meet, yes. I started thinking about what might be helpful to you. Please. So I just kept this note in the car, and as I would drive and think about something or use yes. something that I yes. thought might interest you, I wrote it down. Great. So is this for me? This is for you. Oh, you got your. You could just write the whole poem if you like. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. So, that's kind of the the notes. I'll give you a chance to read it, and we can talk about any of those points that you would like. I, I just think what what came to mind is so how how long have you had the car and how many miles have you put on it and has has your perspective on the car changed from when you drove it at the dealership to yeah. to now? Um, I like it more. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, if I've had it about a month. I probably have twelve or thirteen hundred miles on it. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And uh, one thing that was surprising was the complicated nature of all of the different features. Technology. The technology yeah. of it, which has yeah. certainly changed yes. in, in the vehicles. Yes. Uh, my RV is a 2013 a Ford, a, a Ford chassis. Yes. And so it has some of these different things. But things like the adaptive cruise control. Yes. Magnificent. I love it. Isn't oh. it special? It is so nice. You know, going from here to Sacramento, as you know, yep. you get out there and you set it at 65 or 70 or whatever you want to set it at. Yeah. And for it to maintain that, that distance and do it accurately and then break. And I've challenged myself to have confidence in it <laughs> and allow it to do the braking. And so as that traffic slows up from 70 along Highway 5 yes. to 30, I've allowed myself to have confidence that it will break safely. And it has. And, and it does it very, very well. Yeah. It's, yes. it's just wonderful. Yeah. And particularly as, as I go, got older, and it was one of the reasons why my wife and I decided to buy a new car rather than one that was five years old and had no safety features. Yes. We thought now is probably a good point, since she's 65 and I'm 63, to go ahead and spend the extra money, get the safety features that will help us as we get into our 70s and our driving. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, because I had a very similar experience with, uh, I recently had a Volvo, the top line Volvo. They don't call them station wagons anymore, they're state wagons or whatever they are. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. I was going a little bit faster. I went to LA and back. Okay. And on Interstate 5, as you get farther south, yeah. you know, average speed 78 or oh, something. Yeah, People are still flying by. Yeah. So I put it at 78, and, and 
I think maybe the, I'll have to ask you, the Volkswagen, the, the Volvo had, you could, I think, adjust it to like maybe 60 feet or 70 feet or 90, so I don't know the exact, but it was at the lowest one. Even if somebody was doing something ever right, they were late, their turn signal was on, they were changing lanes with plenty of speed, and it just had to slow down a little bit. The, 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 the gentleness of it slowing yes. down was like, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. you know, it was really impressive. Yeah, and it, the the same is, it is the same. You'll be set and going long, and you can adjust, I think, five different, five different, different distances. And then someone will make a lane change and get in between you, and, and it'll just slowly. Yeah. And, and one thing I wondered about is, it, does it apply the brakes and the brake lights to do that, or does it just basically release the accelerator and? to do that? And? I don't know. Because <laughs> I've never been behind it. <laughs> yeah, right, but right. My wife and I were talking you got about to get a mirror it. Yeah, mirror, and so. at what point does it yeah. actually apply the brakes? I know it does at some point because right. of the rapidness that it will decelerate. Yes. So, but it, it works flawlessly. I'm just very impressed by that. That's a good one. I like the the lane assist feature. Yes. And I've tested it by by safely leaving my blinker off and starting to make that lane change. Yeah. And, and in this one, it just gives you a little resistance. Yes. See, it doesn't vibrate, nothing. There's no tone. It just gives you a little resistance that you notice. Oh, okay. And and that's comfortable to me. It is comfortable. Now, I don't know other systems that vibrate, as I've heard they do. Yes. So Some of them are I don't have alarming. to compare it to. Yeah, a little bit alarming. Yeah. I read um, maybe the double IHS or the NHTSA said that, um, that somebody did a story that there are the average in, in 2006 or newer an average of 65 technology features in a car I mean, some have more some have left but the, the average or the median would be that and then most people use about 20 of them yeah and so I wondered I had a car and I was coming on the interchange 680 north to south and you want to get over to 24 and that interchange is a yeah. total mess yeah and so sometimes one car I had, I forgot what it was, but I was going to change lanes and there was virtually nobody around me for a hundred yards and there's still all the lights and bells. Yeah. So okay. I, I think that there is some technology distraction mm -hmm. going on. So yeah. the, the median point for me is to have enough technology so that it's, you don't get distracted and, and, and perpetuate the possibility of getting in an accident. Yeah. So the Volkswagen is good for you in terms of what you discovered so far. It is. But to, to be fair, I don't have a lot to compare it to. Yes. Because it's my first car with it. Yes. But um, it is enough. I've heard of people in my reviews that yes. I read on different cars saying, oh, I turned off this feature because it was annoying. I haven't turned off any of them in this that are annoying. Yes. Uh, except for the, the automatic start-stop. Oh. If okay. I'm in the city of Pleasanton and you go 100 yards and there's a stoplight yes. and another quarter mile of stoplight. Yes. I have occasionally turned that off. And part of it is my old school thinking. I don't want the starter going out at 80,000 miles. <laughs> yes. And I'm hopeful it'll do 250,000. Yeah. And yes. I hope they engineered it for that. Yes. It was one of the things, of course, my dad brought up when I was talking to him about the car. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess the feature works well. It's it's very comfortable um, to have it stop when I'm at a long light, and then as soon as you start to release the brake, yes, it'll start and it'll be ready to go by the time you hit that gas. It works really well. Yeah, I'm just leery, I guess, right or wrong, 
about it doing, about it starting maybe 20 times as I'm out running four different errands between a hardware store and, you know, the supermarket and other things. Yes. Is your wife driving it? She is. Yep. She started out drive, being the principal driver of the car, then she said, you know, I'm not really driving very much. Why don't you start driving the right. new one and, right. and enjoy it? Yeah, I don't so know if we kind of switched. I don't know if it still holds up, but since we're the same age, roughly the same age, when we go on trips, I'm doing 90% of the driving. And I think maybe that's just a part partial of husband and wives. I'm not really sure, but maybe yeah. that's it. Yeah. 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 You know, we talked about all the new features and so yeah. on. Again, I told you I'm kind of an analytical guy. Yes, kind of. It's accurate. <laughs> yeah. There's the owner's manual. Oh, my. I got to take a, I can't take a, I'll take a picture of that later. Yeah. Okay. So this is how I look at something. Oh, I my God, read Chris. It and I, and I, I don't dog ear it. I actually list the things that are of interest to me. And I might want to go back and read because I want to use all this stuff. It's fantastic. I, I, please let me take a picture of this later. Don't let me forget. Okay. So how many, yeah, yeah, let me see, that's three, six, I don't know, maybe 25, yeah. something like that. Know. You know, just common things like, you know, how to reset the clock. You know how irritating that is. So <laughs> when I need to do that. You know. You're making me laugh on every sentence. It's great. You know, the headlights. You know, it has an automatic high beam yes, thing. Yes. So when I read that in there, I said, okay, I want to make sure I use that lane assist high beam control thing right. to see if I if it's useful or not, right. and not just let it be something I paid for that I never used. Gotcha. So let me mark it, and I'll make sure that I figure out how to use the thing. Right. Um, you seem to be a pretty straightforward guy, so I'm going to ask you this. Is this analytics, uh, analytical mindset that you have? transfer into your how you keep your home how you clean the bathroom how you absolutely that's just how i am yes you're right. yeah and have you been married for a long time so it, it's worked it's not it, it has worked yes <laughs> okay yes right. it has worked and go ahead she puts up with it and, and a lot of times she appreciates it yes. because she'll say you know i can't set the clock on on this car would you please do it right you know because of the uh, daylight savings time. Yes. And so it'll be easy for me to go ahead. Then it won't be frustrating for me, and I'll go ahead and do it for her. Right. And she's happy because I'll do it right then because it takes me two minutes to find it in the manual. Yes. Two minutes to make the change, and so it's five minutes out of my day. What's the differentiation between these and these? These are things I have to, that, that were of interest. You know, yes. how the remote start works. These are things I came across that I really need to go back and read in depth. Gotcha. Uh, it was just something that maybe I was looking for something else and found something. I said, okay, I'll tag that. Okay, more about the braking assist, uh, assist something. Yes. I need to read it and Gotcha. So it's a reminder. To go, gotcha. It's a reminder to go back and maybe it'll turn into a tab. Maybe it won't. You've got a reminders of the reminders. But, you know, yeah. where the fuses are. Yes. That's one of those things that, you know, something doesn't work. The best thing to do is, to, of course, you know, restart the car. Sure. Try and reset the system. And then you go to the fuse. Well, where are they? And in a manual that's 440 pages long, it can be frustrating to find it. Particularly if you're in inclement weather and if you, you, I mean, you got, yeah. now you know right where it is. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, how to replace the wipers, what the warning lights are, um, you know, how to work All the 360-degree camera, yeah. that kind of stuff. That 360-degree camera, oh my gosh, what a fantastic. It is wonderful. And it was one of the questions on the forum. Someone asked, is your camera distorted? Someone, a prospective buyer asked that. Yeah. He said, I'd heard that 
some of the 360 cameras can be distorted. And I looked at mine, and it is so crisp and clear. Yeah. That vehicle is seven inches wider than my old one. So sometimes when I park it, I don't do as good a job yet as I could. Well, to be able to push that button, it either comes on automatically. Right. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know why. But yeah. to push that button and see where those lines are and see if I'm reasonably centered in those lines is just magnificent. Yes. And to be able to see where that curb is in front of me, which brings up a point. I actually used the emergency brake one time. The, yeah. Yeah. Because I went to my bank yeah. and I pulled into a, a parking spot. And the bank has a big um, berm right there, a landscaping berm. Yes. But it's right on the edge of the parking spot. Yes. And then I realized I wasn't centered very well. So I backed up to the center myself. Yeah, yeah. And now I saw that I've got cars coming. So I went in a little fast. Oh. And and it went up and it hit the brakes and the you know the dash lit up emergency assist or whatever it said yes and and you could hear the anti-lock system mm -hmm. engage yeah uh, you know the thumping on the pedal and so I was impressed that it that it functioned and it. And you know, you read that berm as an obstacle that I was going to hit. Yes, in, 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 a, in a scenario that you know that wasn't, it was important, but it wasn't potentially catastrophic. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I'd say it was accurate. Yeah, yeah. Because the berm was probably two feet away from the front yes, of yes. the vehicle, or three feet when it started to hit the brakes. Yes. And so, great feature. Uh, yeah. Great feature. Yeah. Um, you're 63 years old, and, and, and you'll be a. 30 more years of your life, yeah. whatever. so you're going to keep this car, this is a car, you, like you had the other one for a long time, so yeah. this is a keeper, I as far as you know. Yeah. yeah, I plan to keep it, which leads to one of the frustrations yeah. that I didn't realize with Volkswagen, which is their basic scenario on repair is take it to the dealer, yeah. rather than give you information to, to fix it yourself. Or, you know, if, if you're looking here for something such as a section on what the fluids are, the brake fluid, the transmission fluid, yes. uh, power steering fluid, all of those different things, it's not here. If you look at the sections... It doesn't go along with the German way, though, in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take it to the professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't yeah. do it in a German accent. <laughs> you did pretty good. But uh, that's that's their view, and that's, that's not my view. So I'm probably going to rely on the forum and YouTube yes. where you can find those kinds of things. Yes, gotcha. And I've already looked on YouTube for how to change the engine oil and how you change the transmission. Do you have a nice garage with appropriate stuff, I guess? It's a, it's a two-car garage that holds one comfortably, uh, <laughs> but I'm a real stuff. tool guy. Yeah. I've got tons of tools. I love my tools. I love them. And my wife loves them because she gets stuff done that she wants fixed. Fantastic. She has no problem with me buying tools because it fixes things for her. <laughs> just like now, just like I don't have problems with her buying new pots and pans. I view her what a marriage. Kitchen. What a marriage. Yeah. <laughs> the kitchen is her shop, and, yeah. and she can buy whatever tools she wants. And if she says she needs a cheese, a cheese grater that costs $40, <laughs> at first, you know, I wince. Yeah, yeah. But yet I look at, at uh, you know, an oil filter wrench that I'll buy that costs $40, and I'll think, well, she thinks the same thing about that. And so 
it's it's fair and it works. I wish I worked for a, 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 a marriage magazine. I could write a great story about you know, how long yeah. have you been married? Uh, Fifteen years. Fifteen years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My first wife didn't see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Yeah, so that was an issue. Is your, is your wife also retired? Yes, she is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? What kind of a driver are you in terms of? Um, as people our age, my, my night driving, I've noticed, I still have 20-20 vision. This yeah. is mostly for computers, but I can okay. wear them all the time. But I notice night driving, I see headlights uh -huh. coming right into my pupils. Yeah. And so, and I know that, pardon me, my wife pointed out that I'm, I see taillights and I'm, I'm hitting the brakes, you know, safely, but I'm hitting them from a farther distance. Okay. So, um, what kind of a driver are you, and has your driving changed, yeah. and, and how does how does the Volkswagen change that if it has? Yeah, um, I've slowed down since I retired. Yeah. I know that I yeah. used to be more aggressive yeah. uh, when I was working and and was on a much tighter schedule. Yes, and under constant pressure to do more faster. The technology industry is a grind. Yes, they grind the crap out of you. Yes, and and I worked for companies where you can have unlimited vacation. Yes. But I didn't even take a week a year because you couldn't do your job if you took more than yeah. that. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Wow. The idea is, oh, take as much vacation as you want. Just get your job done. Well, and here's more stuff, more stuff, more stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But So I um, I don't have great vision. And I have some double vision at gotcha. night. I had an eye injury. And so another reason for wanting all the safety features yes. is for you're willing to pay for them. Um, I, I realize I need them. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, you know, when I get out on Highway Five, I don't go over seventy. You know? Okay. I tend to drive the speed limit now. The exception, I think, is I. I drive the Atlas. My wife drives a 2009 Camry, mm -hmm. which is a great practical car. And great. I use it's a reason it's the number one selling car. In the yeah, country. It's, a, it's a great car and yeah. easy to maintain and all that. Yeah. Um, and then seven years ago, I wanted something fun, so I bought an NSX. Oh, you did? Yeah. So that's the Still one that lives it. in the garage. Still oh, have it. Fantastic. And uh, you know, I, I, the, the manual on that car is this thick. The, the, the shop manual. Yes. And it's dog-eared more than this one. Or uh, has more tabs than this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I actually enjoy reading it and reading, you know, understanding it. I'm a, yeah. I couldn't remember that form. And so that's where I get my driving enthusiast uh, fix. On a country road somewhere. With yeah, the, yeah, yeah, country yeah. roads. Yeah. And, and uh, so that's the draw. When I want to go for a sporty drive, yes. I'll go drive that. Tell the wife I'm going to go to the hardware store, but I'm going to take the long way. Yeah. So that means I'm going to go drive the NSX for an hour, make one stop at the hardware store, and then come back. <laughs> but Great. So, so that means I don't need to drive my other cars in that same fashion. You know, gotcha. it's a six-speed in the NSX. Yeah. Really nice handling. It's a go-kart with a lot of power and great handling. It sure is. And so that's where I get that fulfillment is in that vehicle rather than my everyday driving. So I tend to be pretty conservative. So you, your wife has a camera, you have the NXS, you have this, do you have more than three? Those three and then, and then then the RV and then, oh, the, the, RV, yeah, yeah. And then I have an ATV also. So I do tow oh. that occasionally and go ATV riding with friends. So I, I have a lot of vehicles to maintain. Yes. And you do it all yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have the... Uh, Thus retirement. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Retirement was refreshing because that relieved a lot of the pressure. Yeah. I, I enjoy maintaining things a lot more. You know, I have the, the uh, uh, OBD2 diagnostic meter to plug in, take oh, the readings on it and everything. Great. But now I realize the Atlas is different. There's a German or a foreign car version. I think I was really surprised when I heard that Atlas, I'm saying this without really knowing 100%, but that Atlas had not been used as a name of a car before. Yeah. But maybe it had. But I, sometimes you look and you say, I can't think of a good example, but um, maybe a Dodge Caravan was used in the 1930s and they forgot about it as a name they came back to. Yeah. But Atlas is such a practical name, I'm it surprised is. that nobody ever used it. That's, you know, that's very true. As opposed to Tiguan or some other weird name. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tiguan or Toreg. Toreg, yeah. That's that's the weirdest one, I think. Is a Toreg some like a marsupial animal in the I, desert or exactly. something? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, some kind of prehistoric beast. <laughs> Yeah, like a quarka. Yeah, that's the German marketing, I think. The German marketing. Um, well, this is this is fantastic. You know, I'd like to go and look at the car and take a picture. Sure, sure, that'd be, right? sure, that'd be fine. Do you have anything else you want to cover that's uh, important to you? Any other points on here? The, the transmission shift point's mainly important when I'm towing because you want it to be smooth and, and it does and it tow is well. I haven't spent a lot of time towing, but the first week I had it, once it hit about 400 miles, I felt safe hooking it up yes. and doing a little bit of towing to make sure it was sufficient. I was impressed that it handled the tongue weight. Because oh. when I bought my Ford Explorer, which I bought new, yes. again, because I wanted to maintain it properly, yeah. I put the trailer on that at first and it sagged it down to where it was unsafe. I had to really? go out and buy air shocks to lift oh it up. Oh my gosh. I even yeah. wrote Ford a letter saying, it does not do what the manual says and will not handle the tongue weight of this trailer, even though it's within the specs. Did you get a response? I did. Wow. Uh, and they, they wrote back saying, it's within specs, we won't do anything. Yeah, they got, yeah. So that, that, so in other words, screw you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was impressed that this did. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's raised up a little bit. It drops at an inch and a half to put my boat on it, which levels out the car. And so that's, that's gotcha. safe. That's what you um, want. There was another point to that that I was going to ask you about. Oh, so you're you're a believer in, in my parents. Forty years ago, went to Germany and bought a, a, a boat, uh, bought a Mercedes Benz. Okay. And I thought it was a luxury. Now it's be the entry level. It was a yeah. Mercedes Benz 240 diesel. Right. And they had to drive it around, I think, 500 miles or something to get the diesel going properly. But then also, if you drove it 500 miles, you could bring it home and pay the, the tax on, on tax on a oh, used right. vehicle. Yeah. I think that's changed now. But yeah. are you still a believer in like breaking in a car a little bit or? Um. I am, and I read the manual on how to do that, yeah. and just to basically drive it normally for 500 miles yes. without excessive RPM. Gotcha. It didn't say what that was, but that right. was 4,000 or 5,000, so I did that. Uh, but I also don't believe in babying it either. Right. You know, when, and, and how about, uh, since you wrote a letter to Ford, you could write a letter to Volkswagen explaining that they should have instructions into how to repair your own vehicles properly. Yes. Yeah, so maybe you're already crafting that letter, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> But there's there's such good uh, vehicles for finding that out, you know, going to yes, YouTube. Yes, yes, with YouTubers, yeah. And, and things like that. Um, so it probably won't change their way of, of funneling more service business to their dealers. Right. And along the lines of Germans being Germans, you probably can't tell them anything anyway. I don't think you can. <laughs> okay. No. I don't well, think great. Let's, let's go look at the... Oh, okay. go, go ahead. The cons. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there are any questions about that. I would like a button. Uh, yeah, the rear oh, wiper. Oh yes, yes. It only goes on. The rear wiper only goes on when you're in the rever in reverse with your windshield wipers on. Really? Yeah. There's no button on it. 
And so when I'm up at Tahoe and it's snowing heavily, I'd like to be able to push a button once in a while and wipe it off. Absolutely. Once in a while, but there's no button to do that. Jeez. The rear window does, oh, so it's just all or none. No, uh, yeah, yeah, the whole deck yeah. opens up. Yeah. And the Explorer was nice enough to have just the window open. Yes, just for easy it. items or something. Yeah, yeah. Or checking on the dog. Yes. Sometimes we might be at a restaurant and I can see the car across the street, so I leave the window open, I can see the dog and give him more air, but it doesn't open. And I don't know if most other cars. It's funny you mention that because I had a, what did I have? A Lexus. And the Lexus open from right, from left to right. You mentioned that in this one, this article. Oh yes, that maybe yeah. And, and my yeah. friend pointed out that's dangerous as hell. And so yeah. I thought that was for an expensive car. That was yeah. what are they thinking? I wouldn't like that either. No. So go ahead. Uh, uh, accessories are expensive. So the, the the options. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that they were unreasonably priced. Now the side steps. Those are good side steps. They're beefy. They're not going to bend with three people standing. So that's on. not so bad. That's not so bad. Yeah. But I thought. The crossbar is at 300 bucks. It's already got the roof rails, so we're just talking about the crossbar. Oh, Two of them are 300 bucks. That, that's, that's, all, that's all profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ski rack, 300 bucks. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking to put a ski rack on it, which I still go skiing every year with my sister for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, for $600 for a ski rack, there's a lot of money. This says three, but did you mean six? Well, oh. you need the roof oh, rails the, oh, and the ski you. rack. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because you can get the roof rails and a bike rack, gotcha. a cargo carrier, I understand or whatever. That. I understand. Uh, transmission had a not a. Yeah, that would make it simple. More, uh, well, you're old, we're older, so we might have a dipstick. Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe it's okay to not have a dipstick. I imagine it is. I like right. the confidence of checking the thing once in a while. Exactly. But owner's manual is 25% warning. Give me a break, let. <laughs> Look at this. Every single page. Warning. Warning. That's all potential. Warning, warning. Look at that. That much and that much. Yeah, that's all. Uh, don't sue us. It is. It is. Don't stick your head under the tire when you're driving. Yeah. I mean, somebody is so. Don't touch a hot engine. Yeah. yeah don't yeah. put your finger in the window when you're rolling it up. It could be. It's an irritant, I guess, but it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that it has to be that way. Maybe it's telling on our society. Uh, don't hold a hot cup of coffee in your lap while you're driving. Exactly. You're going to scald your parts that you don't want to scald. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. But anyway. That's, uh, and then and then today I thought of the, uh, the self-maintenance yes, info. Yes. And then what was that last one? Oh, yeah. heater. Okay. That one hit me when I was coming here this morning. If you have it set to, say, 70 degrees, you get in and start the car, the heater starts blowing. So it's blowing 50-degree air on you right. until the engine heats up. And with all of the intelligence in this car, why can't they have a sensor that says, don't blow air because the air is colder than what the driver wants? You know, that, that's a very simple thing to put in, really, when you think about it. Sure, it would seem like it. They can do all, all that other yeah. more elaborate yeah. stuff. They know what the air temperature is inside, and they know what it would be coming out of the heater. So all they really have to do is compare those two and say, don't turn it on if it's colder. 
um, if the air that I'm going to blow is colder than what the user wants. Right. Let the engine heat up for five minutes and then engage. They should hire you as a consultant. It seems like a simple thing right. to do, but it's an irritant because it's right there at your feet. And so when I got in this morning, you know, it, it started blowing air because I had to set to My 70. My wife says the same thing all the time. Okay. Um, one thing I thought of, and I, I again, going back to my original premise is that I'm not all that technically knowledgeable about cars, and I'm learning from someone like yourself. I always thought every car should have a rear windshield wiper. I don't care if it's a sedan or an SUV. Oh, I agree. But yeah. my friend said, and I read up on it, that there's not a place to put the mechanism, and that sedans with the angle that the rain would get them, but in SUVs it's flat, so that's the need for the... I don't okay. know if I quite buy all that. Yeah. Every car should have a rear windshield wiper. I agree. And that's just a, a layman's thing. Yeah. But if an expert says it, I probably agree. Yeah. 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 But to be able to control it, um, you know, give the user more control on it. Yes, 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 yes. So, you know, being a Tahoe in the snow is a good example. You're not going to be in reverse, and you're traveling on that road or going slow at 30, yeah. you know, 25 miles an hour with chains on because it's snowing like that. You'd like to be able to wipe that window once in a while. Yes, but con and, and I guess maybe lastly, considering your practicality and your analytical ways, as you said, no car is perfect. Yeah. But this is the car, obviously, that you found that covers most of the bases, and yeah. you're and you're happy, obviously, with it covering 90% or 95% yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it covers at least 95% of it. The things it doesn't do are, are irritating, and but they're not troublesome. Right, right, right. You know, having the cold air come on is irritating, but it's not a disaster. Yeah. Uh, the wiper the same way. So I am very happy with the vehicle, and the more I get to know all the different workings of it, I do like it. The radio is kind of interesting. It's, you know, nice big display like yeah. a lot of them are. Yeah. When you, when you reach towards it to do something, Get some of the buttons enlarge. And maybe that's pretty common. No. But they'll get larger so that they're easier to find I love, I love and it. give you more commands, yes. for example. Yes. But yet you don't need all that distraction when you're going long. No, you don't. So that's a pretty nice feature. I think so too. And, and I know Hyundai and, and Kia, one of the things I do like about it, I drove a Hyundai Santa Fe and I drove a Hyundai Santa Fe Sport okay. to the LA car show and back on, in different years. Yeah. And what I really like is the display of. The navigation system, you're going to make an interchange. Like if you want, I mentioned 680. If you're going to come from 680 to 24, you yeah. see every signage oh, in, in, nice. in, in bigger okay. signage, I yeah. guess is the right one. So yeah. you, it, it isn't like the last minute, oh my gosh, I got to go before lanes. Yeah. It, it, it's right there. So it's yeah. the best um, navigation system I found in a, in a reasonably okay. priced car. Okay. I, I think Volkswagen, you must be satisfied with, with the nav. Yeah. I, I am. I've used it. Uh, I love it. The whole logical way that it's set up for setting for settings and so on is yes. very handy. And uh, you know things like I don't want the wipers coming on automatically. Uh, I don't plan on running it through the car wash, but God forbid if the wipe should, yeah. I don't want them going uh, <laughs> uh, because they would. They would. You're right. And that'd be a real hazard. You know, yeah. you could wipe out hundred yeah. bucks worth of your or four hundred dollars worth of your wiper gizmos. They start going while there's brushes around you. I don't want the mirrors to fold in every time I park the car or turn it off. You don't? No. I don't think it's necessary. And it's got a, a knob there with the mirror adjust, so yes. when I want to fold them in, you can do I can it. turn it two clicks and it'll and they'll fold. And the reason that you don't like the automatic is you know just wear and tear. Wear and tear. Eventually it won't work. So okay. don't have it do it all the time. You don't need it all the time. Gotcha. Uh, but the the logic behind how the 
how to set up all those personality items yes. is very clear on the what they call the infotainment system. Yes. To be what able a, what to a word, in, huh? Yeah. Infotainment. To be able to go in and do that, and maybe it's because I'm computer literate, but to be able to go in and change those settings is. Uh, you say illiterate or literate? I am literate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, wait yeah. a minute, you said the wrong word there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm quite computer literate. Yeah, yeah. So it does make sense to me how they've organized that, and it's clear. You want the um, uh, 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 the, the windows to not fold, you go into an area, and then yeah. you'll have three or four different selections that are on, off, check the box, uncheck the box. Very gotcha. clear. Very clear. Good. So that's what I meant by the infotainment system being logical. Yeah. Well, great. Um, Put you on the spot for a second. Let's go. But um, yeah. um, since you are an absolute expert on this, and, and you really care about what you purchase, and you're an analytical guy, do you have any suggestions for me in terms of? Obviously, you've read the column. You kind of like it. Mm -hmm. It's general interest. But is there anything that said, "Hey, James, you're you're, you're screwing up this," or is there anything that you would recommend? I'm, I'm always learning. Yeah, I've been a journalist 40 years, but okay. I would be a fool not to think I can yeah. still learn stuff. Um. Nothing, nothing specifically okay. to you. I, li I like your columns and yeah. I read it whenever I, I see it. Thank you. Um, I think the thing I like a lot in any of the reviews I read on the different cars is there's nothing's perfect. And so to have both pros and cons, I like to see what the cons are in, in everything. Thank you. Because Thank you. there always are cons, you know, like your article on the door yeah. opening and is it really worth seventy five thousand? That's right. a good question. Yeah. And I think it's good feedback to the to the automotive manufacturers to tell them what is good and bad about your vehicle to try and force them, if you will, to complain it. One letter from one consumer isn't gonna do anything. No, no. I think you're in a good position to have influence on guys like this to give them constructive feedback yes because you're a very educated user um, and so to, to tell a manufacturer things like uh, the heater would be nice and, and that have a button for that rear wiper yes that'd yes. be such a simple change yes that to me is is fairly important and so if you can continue to have those the cons yeah. What you wish they would change, or little things that could be better. In, in all honesty, it took me a while to understand that it was okay for me to say that, okay. not being an expert. But now I'm feeling more comfortable, and, and I think that you're right. The, the manufacturers appreciate it, but what I was careful of is that when I go to car shows or I get invited, sometimes I have these press trips, you yeah. know, and there's all wine and dine stuff, and yeah. there's a little bit of in, trying to influence. And so I run, run across very young journalists who, you mentioned, Stuk oh God, I got invited to the BMW factory and I, they, they flew us business class and usually I had a $300 bottle of wine, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, but the room, you know, the I like a room where the sun comes up and not the sun comes down. So you see these young journalists and I, yeah. it's not my place to tell them, but they, I think that they're being too influenced. And so sometimes you'll just see complete horrorism. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, they, and they're afraid to say, this, this, and this because they won't get invited anymore. Yeah. Or they, they, they think that they're Woodward and Bernstein of the car and they, and they yeah. write all bad. Right. So I think right. I'm trying to be fair is I think a, a, uh -huh. a pros and cons are good good suggestions. Yeah. Yeah, I you. discount both types of articles. Yeah. If an article has no negatives, I discount it as being paid for, basically. Right. basically you know, yes. They were wind and dine to the extent that it, it uh, 
it took the uh, not logic but uh, objectivity or objectivity yeah. out of the article. Yes. Same way, if someone just writes all negatives about it, I think it can't be that bad. You know, this guy has has a hard time with this manufacturer. Yes. Or yes. Or the guy that he rode with on the car, or whatever. You know, he bought one at. Absolutely. He's a friend that has one that he doesn't like. Yes. So I ignore it. Um, yeah. Man, I, I, if it's all positive or negative. The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today for your chance to win a 2018 Mustang RTR Spec 3.